When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Tiempo para una conversación real. It's time for some real talk. Topic. This is a very hot topic. Hello, everyone. This is Joseph Brownlee of Body of Christ. Real talk. And right now, I'd like to say hello to everyone. It is late night, going on early morning now. And this is going to be a hot topic. I'll probably do a couple of segments on this. But hello, everyone. How you doing? I'd like to say hello to all my listeners internationally and U.S. of A, especially the ones in uh, northern and southern uh, California. I know that because I see that on my analytics. And anyone from Chicago or any surrounding areas in the states in the United States. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, good afternoon, good evening in that format. <laughs> okay, how you doing today? Right. I'm going to get right to this uh, because I've been promising this. Sexual addiction. Yeah, this is it, y'all. This this is it. And I'm going to get about 20 minutes into this and then I'm going to try to uh, get a little few pieces uh, of what I want to talk about. This is a a subject and a, a topic then I'm going to uh, get into because it's really going to be directed more towards the body of Christ. And it's going to be basically to you all uh, today, you know, the body of Christ. And what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start off this way. And... Uh, just, just, just think. Just look at it like this. Like we're in a group. We're we're in a group. We're we're just talking. I'm going to look at it in a in a sense that men, the men of the church today, the men of the body of Christ today, just look at it as we are in a group session, or your church might call it a cell group. It depends what what church you are in and what a uh, gathering you are in, denomination or et cetera, something like that. And some churches have cell groups, and some churches have uh, special groups. I can say uh, anomics groups, which is sexual addiction anomics groups, or alcoholic anomics groups, or gambling anomics. It's different type of uh, pretty decent groups that a lot of churches have. And so I, I participate in uh, different churches one uh, that have certain type of groups that deals with certain things for the church, for the body of Christ. Okay. So I'm going to talk about something and some of the things, not so much that I heard when I went to one of these groups, which was a, a sexual addiction group. And I'm not going it doesn't matter what the addiction was or what the habit I had doing. Now, when you mention, when I mention sexual addiction, let me get this straight. I, that don't mean you obsessed with it. It does not mean that you openly live it. It does that mean that you're you're pervert or different things. Now, some things that you may do that is perverted, 
you know, all sex outside of the uh, marriage is perverted in the eyes of God, period, period, okay, because it's what is unnatural, it's immoral, okay, so I want to get that out there, I want to throw that out there first before I get into the subject of it, I don't have to, I'm not going to get into a foreplay or nothing like that. Okay, I'm not, no, I'm not going to get into that, you know. I know some people cannot handle that, and I don't need to do that. No, it's not for that. I just want to talk about the thought patterns that, you know, a lot of us and uh, a lot of believers are or might or used to struggle with, okay? And what causes these thought patterns and what is the root issue of these thought patterns that a lot of men struggle with okay and that's what i want to uh talk about now about 15 uh 20 more minutes okay you know you are when you got saved and uh you know whether it was recently or years ago do you remember or could you remember why you got saved? Not so much your belief or your faith of, of getting saved, but do you really, could you really, do you really remember or you have an idea of why you got saved? Because I, I, I know why, uh, almost vividly, vividly why I got saved. But I want you to think about that. Uh, then I talk about me. Because I don't mind doing that, you know, because I'm real. This is just me, I'm real. I've been, I'm, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. I've been delivered for a lot of things, you know, spiritually, you know, since I've been saved. So, I don't mind talking about certain things. Certain things I still struggle with, you know. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. Be Why I do this? Because sometimes I like to show people my scars. That, spiritual scars, that is, you know, of the struggles that I have been through. I've done that in my other hot topics when it came to mental illness hot topics. And I uh, talked about that somewhat when it came to uh, the alcoholic, uh, or smoking marijuana or smoking cigarettes or whatever, you know, those topics and things like that. A lot of the topics, remember this, that I talk, talked about, you know, I have experienced it. Okay, I have experienced with it or I have experienced it before. You follow what I'm saying? I either experienced it or I have experienced it. Ah, experienced it before. Okay. All right. But I'm not going to I'm not going to just focus on a certain singular sexual addiction. Why? Because there's so many out there. There are so many types of sexual addiction. Some are more perverted and some are more sicker than others. And I mean that really because it is a spiritual sickness because it's just anything that's outside of marriage. I keep putting emphasis on that. Anything that's outside of marriage. Man and woman I'm talking about. I'm talking about man and female, man and female. And I'm not here to just get into no debates about this because biblical status is man and female. If you don't like that, turn off this podcast. It's not for you. You know, I'm just talking about man and female. Uh, 
I'm going to get into different aspects of that, you know, because, you know, it's going to hurt some people's feelings and whatever your belief in, whatever like that, you know, if you're listening to this, because I know some people listen to it and they just for one reason, for not for the right reason, and they're going to listen to this and they're going to have their own thoughts on this, you know, maybe or maybe not. It's okay. I don't have nothing, you know, that don't need to be hidden anyway. You know, some things don't need to be exposed. It's not for everybody's ears. But what I'm just talking about, I'm going to get on different subjects. I'm going to get into uh, adultery, which adultery, the definition of adultery, according to the Bible, according to the word of God, is when a man or woman has a sexual relationship outside of marriage. Okay, a sexual relationship outside of marriage. Now, you say, Joe, what if they don't have sex? It's still committed adultery. I don't care if you kiss it. I don't care if you're dating. It's still committed. It's still considered adultery. All right. So you don't get away because you never had sex yet. It's still it's still considered adultery in the eyes of God. Okay. It's still considered adultery. Okay. Fornication. Fornication is having sexual relationships with a man or woman outside of marriage. Okay, fornication is having a sexual relationship or having sex with a man or woman outside of marriage. Okay, that's fornication according to the Bible. All right, now I'm going to talk about another one. It's called pornography. You know what pornography is? That's watching, watching, you know, someone having sex, whether it's online whether it's on television, you know, online on phone, or just going to clubs or going to strip clubs or anything like that. All of that is dealing with pornography. Okay. It can also deal with other things like fornication as well as as well as adultery. But I'm just speaking pornography is mostly based on you looking at something visual more than you doing it physically to that person. In other words, you know that's what pornography you enjoy looking at someone doing a sexual act whether it's with the women or with the man or with each other whatever like that i don't care what it is but you you get a, a joy a fleshly a fleshly joy out of looking at visual someone taking their clothes off whether it's a male or a female or something like that and you enjoy that you know that's called pornography that's just a little definition of pornography okay all right then you got uh you got <coughs> masturbation which can also kick off pornography can kick off masturbation you know and I'm talking about believers now you know I know this is kind of a touchy subject but you masturbation and you could talk about others it's, it's it's different type of sexual acts or sexual addictions this is nothing new in the bible people done all kind of perverted stuff I'm not going to even talk about in the Bible that God detested when the law came they was doing all they was doing it before the law but when the law came when Moses came with the law God has certain strikes and certain things that had to happen to that person when they done all kind of perverted sets I mean all kind of perverted sets even with animals Yes, even in the Bible, then there was sick, perverted sets that people was doing 
in the Bible. Now, the reason I can say that because the Bible says this. The Word of God talks about sexual sins. That's why God is so strong and so against sexual sins when it comes to the church, comes to the body of Christ. You know, that's why he's so much because it affects your body. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk. And it affects your mind almost more than anything, especially today by us being in the church, the body of Christ. Because why? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, you know. So we, we God is very strong on that, you know. All right. All right. Now, before I go any further, you are not children. Hopefully, no, no I don't think any kids or teenagers listening to this, but... You have already an idea or definition of what I mean about sexual acts or sexual addiction. But right now, I like to stick to the common ones, not the sick, perverted ones, you know, stuff like that, because there's a lot out there I can get into. And uh, But I want to stick to the common now, you know, some things are very touchy, but I'm going to I want to talk about the common addictions when it comes to sexual addictions when they what pertaining to the church and i know there's a lot of people that's not saved listening to me you can take these pointers too you know but right now i just want to talk to the church and hopefully you guys and young ladies become believers later on okay but men let me deal with the men uh ladies let's stay to the side just, just zip it for a little bit because <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with the men you are in a church and you're sitting there, you, you're, you're trying to, I'll give you an illustration. You, you're trying to listen to the word of God, but your, your mind never just wander off to the most sickest, perverted thought, sexual wise, while you listen to your pastor. Has anyone, men wise, ever focused, ever, have folks ever had an issue with that? Have you ever just been reading your Bible? Now, you know, you don't have to write comments and say, you know, tell me to just, just listen to what I'm saying. Because I'm not saying you, you, you do this and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, this is going to happen. And I'm not trying to throw these thoughts in your head, but I'm just talking to the ones that's, that have, uh, uh, experience this because I'm getting into the thought pattern now first of all I'm not a I'm not a scientist I'm not a psychiatrist uh, I'm not a, a, a sexual addiction counselor I'm just talking plainly here I'm not trying to I'm trying to get something open here personal that's you know 
that that we struggle with in our mind because we know we struggle with these certain things in our head. Just like I talk about the other topics and everything. I always put that disclaimer on there. I'm not trying to give no psychology psychologist advice or no psychiatrist or no psychiatric help. Anything like that. All I do is give you an awareness that you know you're not the only one and I'm not the only one that struggle or used to struggle with those things. You know, some of us don't. And if we don't, good for us. We can help someone else, okay? You know, but, you know, you know what I mean? You wonder often, you think about the most weirdest and most perverted sick things, you know. You wonder why you pray, you do all this, you read your Bible, you've been, and if you're married, you're faithful to your wife. And if you're married, you know, you're faithful to your wife. You know, you know, everything's is going pretty well with your wife, you know, for sexual and stuff like that. Everything's going pretty well. And I'm talking to the men of the body of Christ. Everything is going well, but you still have those wondering thoughts. You you know what I'm saying, man? You, you understand what I'm saying? If you are a Christian... I know the world struggle already, but they don't, you know, they don't get as, uh, uh, let me see, they don't get convicted by the spirit because this, their spirit is not alive. So I cannot talk to the unsaved. I can only talk to the saved. You know, when you get convicted, your Holy Spirit convicts your spirit. You know, not convict your spirit, but your spirit convicts you that you know these are not normal ways of be thinking and things like that. Okay. But anyway, those struggles are common in a lot of believers. I say normal. Let's get this right. I did not say they are normal because they're not normal. Any thought like that outside of marriage is bad enough when you think about it in church when you're married. But anything outside that's not a normal way of defining a sexual act is abnormal. Is abnormal. You know, and uh, but I'm just saying it's common, meaning those thoughts are going to come because if you live, we live in this flesh, we live in this sinful flesh, and those common thoughts will come, whether sexual addiction or any type of struggle that you have. You know, those, 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 those thoughts are coming. I believe they are, they're, they're pretty common because they happen with a lot of believers, some established believers, men of God. You know, they, they, they happen, you know. But what we want to know is why. Why? You know, I don't even have to get so much in what the God think about it. Because we all know how God feels about these things. Now, let me just, let me put this out there. First, I want to talk to the ones that's openly. And I don't mean just doing it right in the open. I mean just comfortable living in a lifestyle of sexual habits, whatever your habit is. Okay. I wanna look at it this way. Let me let me let me put it in a format like this. Because you looked at pornography once or twice because you committed adultery. If you're married, Christian brother, once, because you committed fornication, if you're a single man and you are a Christian in the body of Christ before once, does not mean that you are an addict. You hear the same, I remember uh, 
uh, this this minister. I'm not going to mention his name, uh, but he's into he's more into Calvinism teaching or the Lordship salvation. And it's, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, Ways of the Master or something like that. You probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, you know, I think Kirk, another uh, actor, used to be on there. I'm just gonna say his name because it's nothing to hide. It's a uh, 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 Ray Comfort and I think Kirk Cameron, the actor Kirk Cameron, who I like. I like Kirk Cameron. You know, I might not agree with his doctrine, but I believe he's very sincere. I like Kirk Cameron, and uh, they used to be on this show called Way of the Master. And they they believe in the, the teachings of uh, John Calvin, the Calvinism teaching, and uh, they believe salvation is by works, and even keeping your salvation, keeping yourself saved, is by works. So you got to stay saved. And one way to stay saved, you keep repenting of your sins. You keep repenting of your sins. You keep repenting of your sins. So repentance to a Calvinist always means you're trying to stop your sins yourself, which is not the Bible way of. Because remember, you know, the Bible talks about your sins has already been dealt with. So, you know, you don't have to keep confessing your sins to Jesus. But what you can do, you can always, you can often acknowledge Jesus. I thank you for forgiving me of this sin I just committed. And that's what I do sometimes. I acknowledge, Lord, I need help with this struggle of what I have just done with this sin. I know you already taken care of. I know I cleansed from, I'm cleansed from it. But the guilt in me, Lord, I want to stop doing to keep me from this guilt feeling, to keep you from this this fellowship. My fellowship becomes weak, not with you, with me, when I keep sinning this way. So, Lord, I thank you for forgiving me for the sin. But I want to be delivered from it so I can stop feeling this pain of guilt, of hurt you and hurting myself see you see you see the difference you see you see the difference you know so when a person say you know you got to keep confessing your sins no you don't have to keep confessing your sin but it's okay even though your sins have been forgiven and this the flip side for a lot of grace believers or mid-ex believers or you know dispensationalist believers and sometimes we can be so so insensitive to a person's struggle, I believe. I believe uh, not all of them, but some grace teachers to me can be so insensitive to a believer's struggle. And sometimes some of them might even question their salvation because a believer is struggling, especially when it comes to a sexual addiction or sexual act. And I think some some believers can be so tough and so hard as some grace believers. You know, that's just real. And I think they need to lighten up sometimes because sometimes they can forget where they came from. And some grace believers probably have struggled with sexual sin or are still struggling. So they need to be careful, you know, whether you're traditional dispensationalist or mid-acts or whatever type of dispensationalist, you know. I got into the difference between that, but I'm not here to talk about that, you know. I like to digress and go back to where I'm trying to go with this. So we need to be very careful with that. You understand that? If you're listening to me, you might disagree. It's okay, but I stand on that. You need. We need to show more love and show more patience, you know. We need to show more patience. Now, if they're just arrogant and just... You know, the believers just been hard and just not listening like the one, uh, I think that's First Corinthians, the young man that was having sex with his dad's wife. Evidently, he did not want to listen and the church was ignoring that. So that person had to be delivered so his flesh can be dealt with by Satan. 
Apostle Paul said, leave it in the hands of Satan to deal with it. Now, that's different when a person don't want to leave. I listen to that, whether it's male or female. If you don't want to listen, you ignore everything, you will be dealt with. It's almost like it's not excommunication, but you have to be, you know, you have to be checked. You have to be disciplined, you know, and you don't want to have to go that far because if you're stubborn, it's because you're so free of what you're doing and you still want to go to church and practice that way and live that lifestyle. That's when the issue becomes a problem and your flesh got to be dealt with. The church has to say, okay, what I mean by the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ, not the church building. And that in and that incident, you know, you know, and I'm gonna read that. I'm gonna get into the scriptural perspective when I get through all with this series and the conclusion of this series, what the Bible has to say about it, right? But before that, I'm just talking about certain struggles and my opinion about certain things. <clears throat> Excuse me, and my perspective on this, okay? So, you know, I'll talk about that later about the young man that was uh committing a uh uh in this case with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's adultery with the husband's wife. And you notice uh, Paul did not mention the wife. He mentioned a young man that was committing uh adultery with his dad's wife and that's that's very interesting he only mentioned a young man but he didn't he didn't put no emphasis on the sin of the woman because she was sinning too you know but why i don't know but there's a reason for that 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 the apostle paul put emphasis on that young man you know you know but that's another teaching I like to find out why, and I like to find out different things because I know the Bible always has an answer, but it just takes patience, 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 studying, and let the Holy Spirit guide you to the right direction. You know. Okay. Anyway, uh, I almost lost my train of thought. <laughs> anyway, those issues with that young man in First Corinthians, uh, with that young man. Is that the fifth chapter of First Corinthians? I'm not sure, but don't quote me on that because I don't want to put the wrong scriptures on that. I'll let you know. I'll get back on that. You know, those struggles goes on with the men in the church, the body of Christ today. And the reason why is not really hard if you a Bible studier, if you study the ways of sin. If you study how sin attacks you, if you study, if you understand about your fleshly body, and I'm talking to the believers now in the church, 
those questions of why, it still comes up once in a while, you know, but if myself, when I struggle with a sexual thought or even a sexual action, action meaning you go through with it, that thought becomes an action because you can't control the thought sometimes. You can, but you know, either thoughts can get so, you babysit the thought so long. Nine times out of ten, it's going to become an action. You know, it's going to become an action. Rather it's masturbation, whether you have a, 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 a zeal to watch pornography, or your struggle is, with, is going to sleep with a woman or another woman. What I mean by that, when it comes to fornication, you're going to sleep with a female that's not your wife, or you're going to make that act of sleeping with a married Wife, that's already wife. So the reason I'm putting it that way because it depends what situation or what sexual struggle that you're in and what triggers that. Because it's, it's usually always a trigger. It's usually always a trigger. Okay? If you're struggling with fornication, there's a trigger that sets it off. There's a trigger that sets off the fornication. Uh, if you have uh, you struggle with adultery, there's a trigger that sets it off. If you struggle with pornography, I'm talking about the common sexual struggles. Pornography, something sets it off. If you struggle with masturbation, it's always usually a trigger that sets it off. Okay, what trigger did you talk about? Usually that trigger is your thought pattern. You think about doing it before you even foreplay it. It's always because of thought. You don't just up and do it. It's a thought. Many people that struggle, men that struggles with a sexual addiction starts with a thought. Okay. All right. I'm going to get back to that. Now, what I left off at is because you committed fornication once before or one time, or you committed adultery before, or you watched pornography before, doesn't mean that you are an addict. That's one thing I want to get out there. And I want, uh, you know, everyone that's listening, men-wise, to understand that. It doesn't mean that you are an addict. It can lead to that. If we don't get no help about it, stay prayed up, get in the word and just find some brothers uh, that we can pray with or get some type of group session to help us out. It can lead to that because a lot of us don't have struggles and addictions. Okay. So I don't want you to think because you have done it and might some Calvinists or some other ones will have you think that you, yeah, you are a fornicator. Yes, you have committed that act. You have committed that act. Let God be the judge of that. You have committed fornication now i can be wrong with this but i believe a fornicate you fornicated before to me it's different than being a fornicator fornicator mean they do it over and over again now i could be wrong if i can get some somebody can back it up with some scripture i could be wrong i believe in the eyes of god he might look at it as you being a fornicator he could look at it that way, according to the Calvinists and the Lordship Salvationists, you know, like the conference and all, and Ray Comfort and all them, the John MacArthur's, they believe that, that whatever, even if you just committed one or twice, many people commit different types of sins, but according to them, when you commit that act, you are a sex addict. When you commit fornication, you are a fornicator. When you commit adultery for the first time, you are an adulteress. That's why they look at it. So therefore, they're just calling you something like you do it all the time, you know. 
I don't have no uh no biblical verses on that. When God calls you a fornicator or says you're fornication, God look at you as a fornicator, even in the one on your first act or whatever like that. God look at it as sin. It's sin. If you're doing it again, it's still sin. But when you call it when when you say when a person says that you're a fornicator, or in my opinion, if you're a fornicator, I look at less you, you, you got a lifestyle that you keep on doing it, or you might be struggling with it. You keep getting into fornication, you know, because you love having sex outside of marriage, but at the same time, you never want to get married. You like the, you like the sexual part of it, but you never want to get married. That's a addict. That's mean you are a sexual addict. You know, now are those sins forgiven by God? Yes, they are. That doesn't stop that God forgives every sin or forgave every sin you have already have committed. Now, that's the saved and unsaved now. But remember, I'm talking to believers. Now, listen to me carefully when I say this. I don't want nobody misquoting me and just think I believe in just easy sin. Because, baby, believe me, I know that's, I'm not, I don't never teach that. But what I'm just saying is your sins are already been forgiven. But that does not mean God is still not grieved because the Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit and it does not mean God is not upset and bothered because you continue to keep on doing it because it will destroy you on the long run on the long run your sins have been forgiven for those act whatever which act it is whether it's pornography fornication adultery masturbation or, or you know the common ones you know anything deeper than that yes you you, you need to deal with it but it can, it can destroy you and if the church finds out about it for the ones that's living their lifestyle yes let me just say for instance say for instance if you, I know that somebody is living in a sexual fornicated or sexual adultery lifestyle, it's up to me to talk to them. Don't ignore it. Not all softly and everything. You give them a warning. If they don't listen according to the church, you bring somebody else, you give them a warning. If they still don't listen, then you just, you know, you got to do like the Bible says. You got to come hard on them. I'm going to get to those scriptures, so I let the scriptures talk to themselves, so I won't be fumbling and fumbling around with the scriptures and everything, because I will. I do do that if I'm not reading the scriptures. I got to have the scriptures and the word of God right there to help me. But God knows what I'm saying, so I try to say it in a layman turn so people can understand what I'm saying, okay? I'm going I'm to go about five more minutes, I'm, really five more minutes. But anyway, we must understand, because we committed a sexual act doesn't mean that we are addict, but we need to be careful because we can't become one. Even one time is too many times in the eyes of God. And it should be for you and I as well when we do those things. But when we struggle with it, it's a deep issue. That means it's almost a stronghold. Some of us have strongholds. Yes, a believer can have a stronghold today. If I'm defining the stronghold the correct way, like the Bible, a stronghold. And I'm giving a true definition of a stronghold so I won't misquote that word or get the misinterpretation of that word. And what we do, we do struggle with strongholds. So my opinion of strongholds is when something is got almost somewhat 
mentally, not spiritually so much for the believer, but a mental control on you that you it's hard for you to stop. Not saying that you can't be, because the Bible says in his words in Second Corinthians, God will always make a way for us to escape. You know, when Paul was asking God to take that thorn away from him, from his struggle, his ailment, God always leaves the door for us to escape. But sometimes we get so deep into things that mental capacity takes over and everything. Don't mean we can't escape, but it becomes more harder because we became more too comfortable of doing that certain sexual addiction. You understand what I'm saying? You, you understand what I'm saying, church? You understand what I'm saying, man? I'm talking to men now. I know ladies probably listen to me. That's okay. You know, you probably struggle with husbands or, you know, loved ones that struggle with this, you know, or even yourself. So it's okay. So basically, I'm talking to men, all right? Okay. I'm going to stop right there for now. But I just wanted to give you an idea. The struggle with the mind is a powerful thing. That's why we need to replace it with the word of God. We need to replace it with more encouraging things. We need to get around certain people, uh, stronger men in Christ and even stronger women in Christ when it comes to the women. You know, because, you know, that's just if the women are listening now. But the stronger men in Christ, we need to pray together more. And I mean, we as in we myself as well, you know, and that's let's just. Just talk about these things, you know, if you want to be helped. Now, to the believer that's comfortable in that way, you're going to have a really problem, not only with Satan, but you're going to have a problem with God because he's going to seem further and further away from you. It's going to seem like that, but he's not. It's you going further and further away from him, not to lose your salvation, but it's going to make you feel empty empty at times when you live in a lifestyle when you get numb to sin and you become more comfortable in doing those things believe me i know it's not a beautiful feeling it's not a beautiful feeling you feel so empty your your fellowship you don't even feel right reading the bible because you feel so convicted even though i know my sins has been forgiven that conviction is still there and that's a good sign not what because i sin you know, whatever sin it is, not because I sin, it's just because when that conviction is there, I know that I'm still sane and I'm still, you know, in that stage and I want to get away from it. I don't want to change. But if I ever get to the point that I'm so comfortable, I don't even feel convicted no more and I don't care you comfortable with that lifestyle, you have a problem, man. You got a real serious problem and it's going to be harder and harder to get out of that lifestyle if you don't check it very soon and it can lead to something more serious i'm gonna get into that next time and that's any of those struggles why god is so serious about sexual sin against the body is a very serious sin okay all right, I'm going to start right there. This is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ, real talk. Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ, real talk. You don't want to miss the rest of this. I'm going to do another segment on that, and then I'm just leaving and let the Bible speak on certain things and the word of God. Why these, this subject and this, this sex against your own body is a very serious thing. and does not only affect you, it grieves the Holy Spirit when you just continue to not only struggle with it, but you continue to live openly 
When I mean by openly, you know you're living in a lifestyle. You're still going to church. You're still trying to read your Bible. I mean, as a church building, you're still reading your Bible. You still might be pastor and ministering. You know you're living in that lifestyle. If you are a real believer, you know you're being convicted and you're not comfortable up there. But when you get comfortable and you don't even feel convicted and you try to down someone else, you have an issue. That's a serious issue, and it's going to fall hard on you. You will get exposed like a lot of ministers have in an ugly way, and you don't want that to happen. Believe me, you do not want that to happen. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to leave you with that, and then I'm going to talk about it a little more on my, on my next one, Then I'll get into what the Bible says about sexual sin. Okay? This is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ, real talk. Joseph Brownlee, your host. A body of Christ world to a hot topic today. Sexual sin and the church, the body of Christ. And what does God have to say about it? You should already know that. We should already know that. I don't know why we still ask those questions. If you're a true believer, you would not ask those questions. I don't even ask those questions, but I'm just doing it for the sake because some believers still ask that question. What does God think? Most believers ask it. I believe they're asking it because they, they do they really think God is okay because their sins are been cleansed already, their sins have been delivered, or you got the one that's feeling so guilty, they feel that God is striking them, he's condemning them for their sins, so you got both ways people ask that question I don't ask it no more, I already know how God feels on both ends, whether you're struggling or living a lifestyle both of them are condemning both of them are not good, yes God will forgive you for that, but your flesh will be checked if you don't put it in check and get help I'm going to finish off with that, then I'm going to get into what the Bible has to say about that. It ain't not too much teaching you you can do about sexual sin. The Bible already is very open about sexual sin. And most believers know that. They just, you know, either try to justify what they're doing because they feel their sins have already been forgiven. And Paul dealt with that. God forbid you live in a lifestyle of sin because your sin has been forgiven. You're the one that's going to suffer. And the ones you're around is going to suffer because of your mess. Okay, or my mess, or whoever mess, whoever's doing it, okay? God bless you all. If you haven't gave your life to Christ today, whether you're struggling with this or struggling with any type of addiction, God loves you. Jesus died for those struggles. Jesus died for those sins that we struggle with. He loves us that much. He already knew we was going to do it. He already seen us doing that before he got on that cross. Jesus said, use me. I will go down according to the book of Hebrews. He gave his life for you and I, for our sins, for the whole world, not just believes, not, and when you get saved, if, before you get saved, Christ took care of every sin of the, on this world every sin that you have ever committed and ever will commit he have forgiven you for all of that now this is the problem 
Not the problem with him forgiving you of your sins. It's the problem that you get confused with your sins being forgiven and your sins being ignored. That God is ignoring it. Now, this is we don't understand the ways of God. We don't understand the thoughts of God. That it's not that God ignores it. He just does not he choose not to remember it anymore. Only way he really remembers it when you keep bringing it back up with confessing, confessing, confessing because in the eyes of God is already dealt with. That's the believer or the unbeliever. The difference is the believer, God understands it. He hears you. The unbeliever, your spirit is dead. God hears you loud and clear when you when you finna give your life to his son. And believe what his son done for that sin that you're struggling with. You you can come to God and ask God to forgive you of your sins, unbeliever. It won't make any difference because remember, your sins are already been forgiven. That does not mean that you're going to heaven. Your next step is to believe that one, that sin you're struggling with, that's what Jesus died for. So therefore, you are a sinner. That's that's part of you of being a sinner. That's what you need to be saved for, from if you don't understand it. That's what you need to be saved from. That sin nature. Not your sin use that you do, but that sin nature need to be dealt with. That's why you're going to stop sinning, period, at the day of the rapture. Or when you die, whichever one comes first. See, the body's going to die anyway. But the spirit man is going to be made alive. The Bible in the book of Ephesians, King James Version calls it quicken. Quicken. Okay? So that's what needs to be dealt with. That sin nature. First, you must understand that you are a sinner. And you need to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sin nature and saved from the wrath of God in the tribulation times, of, uh, in, the, in the wrath of God, the tribulation period. You need to be saved from those things. And the only way to be saved from those things is not repenting of your sins. Your repentance meaning you changing your mind, okay? You are repenting, but not from your sin. You repenting from the way you used to think. You repenting, you turning your ways to Christ for him to save you by believing of what he done for you and I. Your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I mean his resurrection, not yours. His death, burial, and resurrection. For salvation. Once you believe that in your heart, you're going to receive him to come into your life to change you, to change the way you do, to change things in your life. Now, a lot of things is not going to happen over because there's a battle. It's going to be more of a battle in your life. You're still going to struggle, but your salvation is guaranteed. The Holy Spirit is there to walk us through these things to help us get through because we still struggle. It doesn't mean because the Holy Spirit fails because we are giving in more to the flesh. It's never the Holy Spirit. It's because we just ignore the Holy Spirit and we still, like babies, we need to grow. 
Some people grow faster than others. So we're still going to struggle with that flesh. It's just like those old cartoons, you know, where you have the, the devil on one side and you have the angel on the other side and both of them was talking in your ears. You're like, you have two natures now. This is literally true. You have two natures. Your old nature don't go away because you got saved. You just get a new nature. And then you have that battle. Read Romans, read Romans 7. That breaks down everything. Paul struggled with his two sides, you know. It's like you have two natures now. You will have two natures. So you're still going to struggle. But it depends which one you give more credence and more faith to. That's you're going to have victory in a lot of these struggles. Okay? So believing in his death, burial, resurrection, and receiving him in your life to help you, to change you, you will be saved just by believing what Jesus done on the cross. If you don't believe that, you can't be saved. There's no other way to go to heaven. There's no other way. You can't just say, I believe and let the Lord in your heart. No. What Lord you talking about? Lord, what what's how what how letting them in your heart is gonna save you? Now don't, you don't think God knows what you're saying, but you have you have to believe what he done on the cross. His death, burial, and his resurrection for salvation today. Not confessing your sins, but confessing your change of heart by coming with a contrite heart. You repenting of the way you used to think. You're repenting. Repenting means a change. It doesn't mean you come in the same way. You want to stay the same. Repentance means you're changing your mind. You're changing the way you want to live. you believe in and you're receiving in his death, burial, resurrection. God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. I love you all. Until next time, stay tuned for the next segment on sexual addiction. God bless you. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Peace out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.